0: now we hear the scripture of the poems this morning from Luke's Gospel. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden, Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it, As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road, and as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. A friend of mine and I were talking about how Palm Sunday is one of our favorite Sundays out of the year. We love the pomp and circumstance and the children waving the palms. We'd thanks that we had grown up and participated in churches that made a big deal out of Palm Sunday. Here at Faith, we often have the Easter egg hunt and some meal and all of those things. What many of you don't see is when we have the kids lined up before they come in, we have to say, don't hit each other with the palms. Those are not swords. Those kind of things that are part of the tradition that many people don't know about. I think that one of the reasons we love Palm Sunday is this concept, the title of Triumphal Entry, because we like the fact that Jesus is finally getting his due. The people are recognizing that he is the one, the Messiah, the chosen one. And so because we are people over the Lenten season who have talked about and discussed and prayed over what does it mean to follow Jesus, we love this day. And so when we were delivering those bags to the families, in my mind, I was picturing stomping around and the bathing of palms, Many of their children don't even know that they were laying their coats down for the colt to walk over for Jesus, but I could see the waving of coats being something that would be fun to do as a new thing. For many of us, the idea that Jesus is riding a baby donkey or a colt is interesting. What Jesus knew that we don't know often is that it is predicted in the prophet Zechariah says... But a new king will come and will ride a colt, the soul of a donkey. And this new king will be a non-violent king who will command peace to the nations. And so Jesus enters through the east gate as the people, the Hebrew people are descending upon the city and they are coming for the season of Passover. They are celebrating in the Exodus and the plague that happened in Egypt that on that night, they took the blood, they put it on the doors, and the firstborn sons were saved. This is something that happens every year. We might remember the story of Jesus when he's 12 years old and he goes, and then he doesn't head back with the family, and his parents have to look for him everywhere. So our scripture today hints at this upcoming journey into Jerusalem. It's interesting because the Gospel of Luke talks about the city of Jerusalem so many more times than it is found anywhere else in the New Testament. Luke talks about Jesus on this pilgrimage to Jerusalem and the significance of the city 90 times. In all the rest of the New Testament, it's only mentioned 50 times. So almost twice in this one gospel, we have the significance of the city of Jerusalem to Jesus and who he is and what he's about. Luke is the only one that tells us the story of Jesus being presented as at the temple as an infant. And so we get to the story today where Jesus is three days out from entering the city. The Pharisees show so to they, they are warning him, Do not go, Herod will kill you. We already know, and Jesus already knows, that Herod is a threat. His cousin John has already lost his life to Herod. And Jesus describes Herod as a fox. A sly, dangerous thoughts. Jesus uses these words that those who speak on behalf of God, the prophets, always seem to die in Jerusalem when they face the political authority. And then Jesus begins this lament over the people in Jerusalem, why they are separated from God, why they do not respond in beautiful ways to the gift of God's love. And so we get this very interesting Holy Mother image of who Jesus is or who God is with God's people. This image of the mother hen spreading her wings and gathering her chicks to protect them, to care for them. Jesus both foretells or foreshadows and also recounts the broken relationship that God has with God's children the story is foreshadowing, for he has been announcing to the followers what will happen in Jerusalem. And so Jesus quotes Psalm 118, which, beautifully enough, was in the poem that Pastor Charlotte and I read to you right before we started. And he says, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, this blessing from the Hebrew Bible is one that celebrates those who come to God and give thanks. It's a posture of thankfulness. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. In this psalm, it is a victory, for the Messiah has come and everything will be different. He proclaims that he has three more days of work to do before he goes to Jerusalem, and it's so interesting the way Jesus describes this work. He says, I have two important things to do, testing out of demons and healing those who are sick. And so after the three days, it is expected that he will go, and it brings us to our text for Palm Sunday. And so I want to take a second look at the triumphal entry, And this idea that blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, because in our Palm Sunday text, Luke changes one word. Instead of blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, he changes it to blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And that one word changes everything. For you see, every year when the Passover festival is beginning and the people are coming from everywhere to the temple, Pilate and the military, the Roman military, they would march into the west gate and they would bring their military might and their forces and they would show to these gathering crowds their strength. And they are going to keep the peace and no one should dare misbehave during this season. Biblical scholars Gorg and Crossing describe Pontius Pilate's imperial processions like this. A visual panoply of imperial power, cavalry on horses, foot soldiers, leather armor, helmets, weapons, banners, gold and eagles mounted on poles, sun glinting on metal and gold, and the sounds of marching feet and the creaking of leather, the clinking of the bridles on the stallions that they ride, the beating of the war drum, the swirling of dust on the crowds as they march into the city, Those who are watching, some who are curious, some who are in awe, and others who are deeply resentful of the occupation of Jerusalem. It's so fascinating because what we call the triumphal entry for Jesus is actually the complete opposite of what's happening at the West Gate. At the East Gate, we get this anti-imperial anti-war, anti-triumph. Instead, we get a conquering emperor who comes through on a gate and doesn't conquer with war and violence and might and intimidation, but conquers with peace and love and forgiveness proclamation of peace by Jesus is so in contrast to what's happening. I doubt that those coming through the West Gate even noticed or paid any attention to this ragtag group of people, to this king who was riding on a baby donkey. This animal that Jesus chooses that has never been ridden, he knows it fulfills the prophecy. But it also could be he is saying, I am doing something new. This is different. I am a king that is unlike any king you have seen before. It was risky in some sense. It was dangerous because it's almost in your face in contrast. It was like we have seen during Lent and upside down. Understanding of what is the kingdom of God. Jesus presents himself as a king unlike any king anyone has ever seen before. We don't hear it in Luke, but in our other gospels, the people are shouting Hosanna. In Hebrew, these words mean save us. Can you imagine? Crying out to a man on a baby donkey, with people shouting, save us, compared to the military force that's coming through the West Gate, the hundreds of marching soldiers? Save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So what happens when Jesus gets in Jerusalem? He immediately weeps over the people their misunderstanding, their separation from their God, their inability to embrace what is being offered. is so Jesus he goes to the temple. I mean, for many of us who want a, a Jesus that is more rebellious, we love the text in Luke where he turns over the tables. He confronts. He sends the merchants and the moneylenders out of the courtyard it's like he's sitting in the face of the authorities, like he's just daring them to arrest him. And then he begins teaching and reading Scripture and being in the temple. He goes directly into conflict with the chief priests and the scribes and the Sadducees. And they give him these questions where they try to trap him. And we get paragraph after paragraph in the gospel of Jesus dancing through the answers, somehow finding a way to answer without answering. (laughs) He draws crowds. As the people enter the city for the Passover festival, the crowds around him teaching and preaching grow and grow. And his threat, his attitude, his defiance grows as well. He seems to be antagonistic. He becomes triumphant. Yes, he's triumphant and angry in a whole lot of people. They cannot help but plot against him. And so as we come at the end of our service to a time of gathering around the communion table, we have to ask ourselves, who is this blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord? What kind of king rides a baby colt? describes himself as a mother hymn? What kind of king proclaims peace while stirring up anger to the point of death? What kind of king washes people's feet like a servant. I'll tell you, a crying, defiant, angry, and ultimately submissive king, a loving, a forgiving, a sacrificing, in this suffering kind of pain.